football and SEC baseball. So, yeah, he brings a lot to the game. And he's right here. Right now. now. Online at thezone1059.com and on your radio at ESPN 105.9 The Zone. Hey, everybody. How y'all are? Welcome in on Hump Day. Yep, that's right. Hump Day, middle of the week. You made it. Well, you made it to the middle of the week. You know, you don't actually feel like you've made it until you get to the weekend, right? Well, we still got a little ways to go on that. But, but, <clears throat> I got something. I got something for you. Let you me ready? let me hear yeah, it. You, you ready? Guess yeah. what day it is? <laughs> huh? Anybody? Oh. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> Leslie, guess what today is? It's Hump Day. Whoop whoop. There you go. <laughs> whoop whoop. You made it. Hump Day. That's it. You may, but we'll really feel like we made it to the weekend. However, uh, you, you're for me, you may be different, but for me, the weekend of sports viewing will actually begin tomorrow night because I think you not only have preseason NFL football tomorrow night, I'll look it up and see teams and channels. I do know you have games. Uh, maybe NFL Network carrying one. But tomorrow night, Thursday night, is the Field of Dreams baseball game. White Sox-Yankees the Field of Dreams in Iowa. Now, to clarify for those who don't know, the promos that they have sent out for that game, Field of Dreams, tomorrow night on Fox, I think it's 6 o'clock maybe, is it shows players that have you know been edited and photoshopped and superimposed on the original Field of Dreams where the movie was filmed. Filmed. But the game that they will play tomorrow night will be on a field, regulation major league size field with corn in the outfield and like 8,000 seats in the bleachers. They've built that adjacent to the field of dreams where the movie was filmed. You can see it from there. When I went there back in June, I'm standing out there like on the pitcher's mound where Ray Kinsella threw batting practice to Shoeless Joe Jackson uh, in the movie. And off to the west, you know, I would say somewhere in the neighborhood of about 300 to 400 yards on the backside of that cornfield. You could see the stands and the lights of the field that they're going to play on. But anyway, that's going to happen tomorrow night. I'm looking forward to that. I really am. Uh, just kind of see what it's going to be like. What are they going to do and how are they going to sort of incorporate both fields in the place and in between is a big corn maze and all that. So, yeah, you know, looking forward to that. And then Friday night, Around here, as I told you yesterday, you're going to have some football games in high school football in the uh, MAIS, for private schools. Uh, one of those is going to involve a really good, two really good teams. Uh, MRA, Madison Ridgeland Academy, Friday night hosting Greenville Christian. A couple of teams that won state championships in their respective divisions last year. They're going to open the season Friday night at MRA and Ridgeland. So I'm looking forward to it. And then let's see, Saturday you've got several NFL preseason games. Well, most of the NFL preseason games for this weekend will take place Saturday, including Saints going to Baltimore, get to watch them. Quarterback battle will ensue on the field. Uh, and then, I guess, one Sunday NFL preseason game. Say, So they are, they are preseason stuff. You, know, you get a, a real game on Friday night for the high school deal. And a real cool one-of-a-kind baseball game tomorrow night. So all that to say, you made it to the middle point of the week. It's fun. Now, of all the other things I mentioned that are going on, you also have football practice going on. Uh, today for Mississippi State, for example, is uh, full 
pads practice for state, as I understand. They're going to have full pads. It'll be some full contact, a little tackling in there, maybe some live 11-on-11 stuff. And uh, I'll just be up front with you for that reason. Uh, we're going to have a two-hour show today instead of the three hours. So I'm with you now and for the next two hours. What is normally our third hour uh, will not take place today. And back on a normal schedule tomorrow because <clears throat> we get done with the second hour here. I'm going to jump in the old Wyatt mobile and budding, budding down to practice and watch some practice at Mississippi State, get there when I can. They will have already started by the time I get there, but hope to watch some. Okay, so as we get going, speaking of NFL preseason football, which continues this week, is Dak back? Huh? Dak Prescott, is Dak back? When is Dak back? That's what I want to know. Things will get interesting when Dak is back, as far as I'm concerned. Because as far as I'm concerned, in the AFC, chalk it up. It's the Chiefs and everybody else. It's the Chiefs at one, and then tick, 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 down here is everybody else in the AFC. And I'm a Chiefs fan, so maybe that's a homer pick. But most of y'all agree <laughs> that's what it is in the AFC. But in the NFC, what I want to know is, is Dak back? And when is Dak back? So I've got some details on that. We're going to get into it right now. First, though, I do want to say hey to y'all. Everybody on the live stream jumping in here, popping up. like Look at this. All over the place. Sven commented on YouTube right out of the gates. He said, happy hump day. And I guess Dak is back next week, but not for the game. We're not going to see him before week three of the preseason. D4 Sports gave us a what's up. What's up with you? Thanks for tuning in. Danny said it's almost football time. Hail State from Ringgold, Georgia. Yep, Hale State at you. Back at you. Um, yeah, okay, Thursday at, wait a minute. So the baseball game's at 8 o'clock? Really? I'm going to have to look up the time of that and and see. I thought I saw that it was 6 Central, but, you know, I, I could have it twisted there. I'll get the start time of the baseball game and get to it. All right, over here on the Divinity Equipment phone line, I'm coming to you in just a second, uh, but I want to get to a text or two real quick, right out of the chute. Y'all can text me at 885-ESPN. It's a 601 number, 885-ESPN or 885-3776. Um, earlier, this is before we came on the air. Now, I don't know what this is about, but it's at the end of the gridiron with Chris Brooks and Beaver. True Maroon texted them and said, from now on, end the show with a bunch of sports talk because Matt only listens to the last five minutes. <laughs> um, what were they talking about? And why did I come up? They must have had a show about... I see a lot of texts they got into a conversation about bologna. So maybe they were talking food and he said, hey, just do sports the last five minutes. But why was I in there? He said, do, they need to end their show, according to True Maroon, with a bunch of sports talk, because Matt only listens to the last five minutes. <laughs> Robbie texted and said, Matt, I really enjoyed the podcast. Listen to it this morning. Well, thank you very much for those that are Mississippi State fans. You might uh, subscribe to that. It's a weekly, bi-weekly. We'll have two episodes every week throughout the year. So uh, the name of the podcast is Better Than Average. It's a Mississippi State football podcast. Here's why we gave it that name. Coach, it's a great day for you, huh? 
I tell you, it's better than average, I'll tell you that. <laughs> That's what Mike Leach said after beating LSU last year. So subscribe to the Better Than Average podcast if you want to hear Mississippi State stuff. And, and new shows will pop out every Monday and Thursday. So the first one went out this Monday. And then uh, this, well, tomorrow I'll have a new uh, deal for you after going and watching a little practice today. Dennis, formerly of Omaha, texted and said, Is there a difference between the movie Field of Dreams and the MLB Field of Dreams? Why did they build a separate field for the pros to play on? Well, here's why. The one that was built for the movie is not anywhere near a Major League Baseball regulation size field. Okay, number one. Well, I say anywhere near. I mean, it's a field, but, you know, the, the length of the... You get what I'm saying? Like the length of the fence. Like it's not 400 feet to center field. It's much shorter than that. Okay. I, I don't know if the baselines are regulation. Maybe they are. I'm sure the mound to the plate is. But you got a little backstop. And it's still a, a farm and a house and everything. It's used from a tourism perspective. And I think the last thing they wanted to do was come in there and totally like make over what is the movie set. If you go to the movie set Field of Dreams right now, Dennis, it's exactly like it was when they made the movie, with the exception of one little extra dirt strip. I take, yeah, where the dirt strip goes over in front of where the bleachers are seated. But it's the original bleachers still sitting there. When you go to the Field of Dreams, you sit on the bleachers. It's the ones that they used when they made the movie and showed Kevin Costner hammering a nail into it. Okay. Everything is exactly like it was in the set. And I don't think they wanted to fool with that. I don't, they didn't want to, like, totally make it over and kind of lose the originality of the whole set, if you will. And so they just went off a few hundred yards and built another big field there, and they're going to host other games there. So that's what's going on. All right, now let's go to the phone line. I'll come back to your text. Divinity Equipment phone. Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. Your Kubota dealer, the oldest Kubota dealer in the U.S., in fact. Right here at home, that's Divinity. Lynn on line one. What's up, Lynn? How about it, Hey, I, I'll agree with the texture. The podcast is great. We appreciate what you do right there. Thank now. you. That ain't why I called. I, I, I called to ask you, is, there, is the corn going to be the fence? Yeah, it's my understanding. Or is there an actual fence? No, I don't think so there's an actual fence. So see a player run into a row of corn, stick his hand up and catch a ball, and I wonder if he's out every time. <laughs> yeah. I bet there ain't no yellow line. I must see here. There are pictures. Um I'm going to find a picture and see if we can tell. But that isn't it. It's minor. I know there's corn there. I think there's I have, a fence. I have been under the impression that it was just corn. Okay, Bill says he thinks there's a fence, Lynn. That would solve it. Okay. That that would solve it. Man, it would be great to see the player run into the corn. <laughs> it I, really would. I think, they should, I think that's how they should have done it. That would have been better. Well, that's what I was wondering about. I'm going to okay. And we do appreciate the podcast. It's great work. Thank you. Appreciate that. That's from Lynn. Uh, Lynn, who texted earlier today something about a you know every Mississippi boy uh, should eat a bologna sandwich. Poor boy steak. I, I agree with that, Lynn. Bologna is good stuff. Ernest T. said, Yankees. He said, the Sox. Well, let's see the Yankees. He said, the Sox played the Reds in the 1919 World Series. I hate the Yankees. Let's go White Sox and Red Sox. <laughs> Ernest T. is decidedly not a Yankees fan. Unnamed texture said, the Field of Dreams game Thursday, August 12th at 8 Eastern. Fox is going to air the game nationally, so if it's 8 Eastern, it'll be 7 Central. 
uh, as far as maybe that's first pitch, right? Uh, real unnamed texture said it says the game is 6-15. Well, if, if you throw out first pitch at 7, maybe they start some pregame stuff and early. I, I don't know. You know, TV's been known to do that. Tell you one thing and then show up early and just give you 30 minutes of talking. Charlie texted the show and he said, Hey, Matt, I've heard from some fans or so-called experts that Will Rogers doesn't have a strong arm and can't make all the throws. I value your opinion. What's your thoughts about Will? Yeah. Um, how can I put it to you, Charlie? Well, let me just say it this way, Charlie. And you can quote me on this wherever. Um, Will Rogers does have a strong enough arm. And he can make all the necessary throws to be for an SEC offense to go. There. There's there's the statement. That's the truth. I know what I'm talking about. Anybody that says he doesn't have a strong arm, well, that's not true. He does. Now, if somebody goes, Will Rogers doesn't have as strong an arm as Brett Favre. Uh, okay. No, he doesn't. <laughs> Uh, if you go, Will Rogers it doesn't have the strongest arm of any of the quarterbacks in the SEC. Well, probably not. What is he, 18 years old? Going on 19? I mean, okay. <laughs> but let me just tell you the fact. Can Will Rogers throw the ball 45, 50 yards, 55 in the air, good enough to throw a go route in the SEC? Uh, yeah. Can he make the left hash to far sideline you know, whole shot throw against cover two? Uh, yeah. Can he make every throw they require him to throw in the air raid offense? Uh, yeah, he can. Somebody says he doesn't have a strong arm, that he can't make all the throws, is either misinformed or has um, a hard time knowing what they're looking at. Is Dak back? Is Dak back. Uh, 20 hours ago, a story at CBS. Cowboys Dak Prescott resumes throwing in practice. Tosses passes to Amari Cooper. The two-time pro bowler just took a solid step in the right direction. Dak Prescott isn't ready to push the issue just yet regarding healing his shoulder, but he's just where he wants to be according to this story. He threw the ball. Todd Archer, who covers the Cowboys, and has for many years, had video on his Twitter feed. Dak Prescott going through his own two-minute drill with Amari Cooper. He threw ten passes to him. Well, here's what Todd Archer said in an interview on ESPN after he watched all that. What started as light throwing on Saturday turned to about 30 passes to Amari Cooper on Tuesday and could lead to more on Wednesday, although not a full practice. Prescott went through game situations, calling plays at the line of scrimmage, making adjustments. And if the velocity wasn't 100%, well, it wasn't exactly slow pitch softball either. He really tested that lat strain that has kept him out for two weeks, throwing to both sides. And he showed no ill effects on what we can call mostly short to intermediate passes. Prescott won't play Friday at Arizona, but the hope remains that at least get some preseason work in before the Cowboys play Tampa. Todd Archer. And covering the Cowboys, he's there. He's putting his name on the line. Saw him throw, looked okay. Not going to play against Arizona. 
he'll get some preseason work before playing Tampa in the season opener. That's Todd Archer. What about Keyshawn uh, Johnson, former NFL receiver? He's now a talking head for ESPN. What's Keyshawn say? He hasn't really thrown in a long time. There's soreness that is there. We just want to chill. He's throwing. Look, I can guarantee you he's doing something, but we just don't know what he's doing. I can guarantee you that, which means that he's throwing with the trainers. He hasn't played in almost a year. That's okay. He doesn't need to play in the preseason. Uh, okay. I wouldn't play him anyway. You don't need reps at all. Absolutely. No, no rhythm, no I timing, no reps. I would not have nothing. him nowhere near a preseason game. Anywhere near a preseason game. Keyshawn says he wouldn't dare play him in a preseason game. Todd Archer says he's practicing. He's not back yet. Would you want Dak to play in a preseason game before the regular season starts? That's the question. Now, there are those who are a little more concerned. I honestly have been in that camp. When I first saw this and he's missing all that time, I've said, oh, I don't know, this doesn't, this doesn't look good to me. This, uh, you know, they're downplaying it, and he's missing all this practice time. I mean, maybe it's a little worse than they say it is. Well, yesterday, actually, I take that back. This is This Morning Mike Greenberg, ESPN. I can tell you definitively that there are people who know the situation who are telling you this is a bigger deal than they're letting on. I've never wanted to be wrong about anything this badly. I like Dak. I like him a lot. I know him a little. He's a good guy. He's everything you'd want him to be. He's done everything right. Thank goodness at least he got his money, whatever happens. But I think that this could be a problem. And if so, that is a season, a team season being derailed before it even begins. Okay. There it is. Which side are you going with? Are you going with the side... He's fine. He's going to be fine. He's right on track, and he doesn't even need to play in the preseason. Or are you on the side of this is a lot worse than they're letting on? I mean, where where do you land on the whole Dak back thing? Not going to play this week, so another week of preseason, you don't see number four out there for the Cowboys. The question is, does he need to be? Keyshawn doesn't think he does. What about for Who Dat Nation? Well, we reported on some of the drama yesterday for the Saints in training camp. And then yesterday afternoon, there was a little bit of something else thrown on the fire there. Uh, In this case, it was a player who's been a part of their organization for a long time retiring. Saints corner Patrick Robinson decided to retire. Sean Payton confirmed it yesterday. Patrick Robinson, an 11-year veteran out of Florida State, Saints' first-round draft pick in 2010, played eight years with the Saints, also played for the Chargers, Colts, and Eagles. Sean Payton said that um, he's accepting of the retirement. Did you see this coming with Patrick? No, um, and no, normally you don't. You know, I mean, he, he's played in this league a long time, and he and I spoke for about a half an hour, and, uh, you know, he's had a great career. He's been smart with his money, and it was something that, you know, deep down inside he felt. And it's not unusual, really, in training camp. It, it, it's happened a number of times, and it's hard, it's, it's hard to ever see somebody and how they're feeling when you have a large group 
players like this, someone who's played as long as he has, you know, he felt comfortable with, the, with his decision and, and certainly, you know, we respect that and, uh, you know, he'll get on to his next chapter and, and we go from there. And what is that for the Saints? We go from there. I mean, it's my understanding, you know, they expected Robinson to compete for a starting job at the other corner spot opposite of Marcus Lattimore. Where do the Saints go from here? Does that ramp up talks to go trade for this guy down in Miami who's a good player who's unhappy, who wants to get traded, doesn't feel valued? How do they add players in depth at corner right now on August the 11th? Doesn't it feel like they have to? If you're a Saints fan, I'm just asking. All right, the other thing was um, Amy Just covers the Saints for the Times-Picayune. She gave an interview talking about reports and, and her you know, uncovering of and getting a tweet and in response from Michael Thomas and this whole drama with him that popped up over the last couple of days. John Payton called him out in the pre-training camp press conference that he has every year, saying that point blank, it, it, his surgery should have happened sooner. Michael Thomas didn't answer phone calls from the Saints staff. His position coach, Sean Payton, the head of you know, the athletic training staff didn't answer anyone's phone calls all off season long until he had to return to mini camp. And that's when they realized that he needed surgery. So Michael Thomas tweeted and, you know, said that the saints essentially tried to damage his reputation. Of course, he didn't say that explicitly. He said it very cryptically as he tends to do, but yeah, it's been this kind of dramatic back and forth between Thomas and Peyton and the Saints. And, yeah, I don't know where it goes from here other than Mike liking tweets that are about him being the good guy in this situation. And which he is doing. And even though Sean Peyton didn't want it, we are now having press conferences and interviews based on social media. She laid it out pretty well there for you. Later in the show, we'll come back to that. Uh, she gave a comment on the Saints quarterback battle. Y'all might be interested in that as we head into the Saints' first preseason game uh, this weekend. We're just getting started with you here on this Wednesday show in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Baylor has been handed its sentence from the NCAA investigation going all the way back to the Art Bryles era. He coached there last in 2015. They just handed down penalties in 2021. I'll tell you what they are next. Stick around. After these messages, we'll be right back. For double enjoyment, reach for Beechnut Peppermint Gum. It sparkles your smile, your breath, your whole sense of enjoyment. Beechnut Peppermint in the familiar yellow pack. Jeans do come true. Blue Delta Jeans makes the best fitting, most comfortable jeans in the world. Let's dive in and see what we have here. Do what I did. Visit BlueDeltaJeans.com. Find your fit just for my listeners. Enter discount code MattWyatt. Just answer the questions. BlueDeltaJeans.com. Answer the questions. Use this code. Use the code. You're going to get a discount. They are the most comfortable jeans I've ever worn. (laughs) 
Farm Bureau Insurance stands ready to provide financial relief to our communities in this time of crisis. This includes a one-time credit to all personal auto policyholders, a donation of $500,000 to the Mississippi Food Network, and additional payment options for those hit the hardest, all while continuing to service customer claims as well. But this is the time to go above and beyond. These are a few ways we're keeping the Farm Bureau promise. To learn more, talk to your agent or visit us online. Go with the home team. Hey, y'all, let me tell you a little bit about C Spire. New stuff in 2021, including 5G coverage. If you go to their website right now, cspire.com, you're going to see their no bull, which, by the way, I love the Super Bowl ad with the slow motion bull. You're going to see that on the website. But look, they're right there's been a lot of bull over the years in your wireless bill, depending on if, you know who you were with. And my experience with C Spire is just like they say, there's no bull. I know what it's going to cost me each month. I know what my coverage is. is the number one coverage in Mississippi, period, the number one network. And they've got 5G phones that are 5G ready. Now, I have the new iPhone 12 Pro Max. Got it at C Spire. Went and did curbside at my local C Spire location and did the exchange where I traded in my old one, got the new one, and it's 5G capable. And we've got 5G coverage in parts of Mississippi, and it's just growing by the day. So you really ought to check that out. Okay. And in terms of the new phones, you got deals going on on those as well. Find those out at cspire.com. C Spire, customer. Inspired. After these messages, we'll be right back. Every farmer understands their farm can't thrive without some good partners like sun, soil, and rain. And farmers in North Mississippi also rely on another important partner, Mississippi Land Bank. Because land and farm financing are Mississippi Land Bank's primary focus, we've grown alongside these farmers' crops for more than 100 years. We understand what a farmer needs, and we know the lay of the land in North Mississippi. And that's where I stand. A lot of people in the equipment world, you know, things kind of go in trends, I guess, if you want to say it. Um, so kind of the first big thing uh, that we look at when we start evaluating our business is going to be our turf equipment. That's kind of the first big push because once the, you know, once everything, the water dries up and the grass starts growing, this is what everybody's looking to get. Uh, we carry the new right stand-up mower. Doesn't look like much, but this thing is, and it costs just as much as zero turn. Not a cheap unit at all. I mean, if you go out there and look at that zero turn, this thing right here, I mean, it's got all your components from your big pumps to your commercial engine to your large steel deck. Um, and these guys were the first ones to make the standard mower. Better buy, better Yes, always look for this bird's eye bird, your guarantee of top quality frozen food. And your big bird's eye buy this week is bird's eye orange juice. Easy, you can serve it in a minute. Thrifty, it will save you money. Or for the Matt Wyatt Show. We have another totally awesome episode for you today. And it's streaming right now online at thezone1059.com. And on your radio. On ESPN 105.9. The Zone. And Zone. All right. Back with you in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Glad to be with you today. Feel free to comment. You can be a part of the show lots of different ways. Comment on the live stream. Hey to y'all. Over here on the text line, we're talking about Dak. Is Dak back and should he play in the preseason? 
You heard Keyshawn Johnson say, no, don't play him in the preseason at all, not one snap. Uh, unnamed texter said, Charlie, no, it's just Charlie. Charlie texted and said, I wouldn't play him in any preseason game this year or ever. Shows you where he values the preseason. Others kind of echo that. The Real Eric said, if I just paid that much money on my quarterback, who just had a wicked injury, he would be on light duty until the preseason was over. I think that's a pretty good that's a pretty good way to look at it. It sure is. Hey, a quick reminder, you um, are going to get the countdown of 100 teams in 100 days continuance later. We may get that later here in this hour. We're on team number 24. 24, so that means we are 24 days away from Saturday, September the 4th. Uh, the first big, full, complete Saturday of college football around the country. COVID willing. Uh, now, before that, obviously late August, we'll have some games. Um, but that's what we're counting down to. So we're 24 days away from September 4th. We'll have Team 24. I don't. This is not a pun, but Roshana, we agree. Says Dak has a lot of weight on his shoulders. I can only imagine his mental state right now. He'll be fine. Yeah, I, I think, um, and Jason brings up a good point. I mean, he's had a franchise who's been through this before. He says, no preseason for him. It's too easy to get hurt for real. Ask Tony Romo. And I guess it's sort of playing your, just, you know, playing your chances right there, huh? Is going, play the odds, you know. You know, injuries do happen, can happen. If it happens in a regular season game, we can all live with the fact that injuries just happen. But when it happens in a preseason game, I don't know that we can just live with that. It makes it really hard to sleep at night. That, that certainly is uh, understandable. Hey, I, I teased this a minute ago. The news is out there. If you've been glued to Twitter, you might have seen it. But if you're working today and you got your nose down, Maybe you didn't see it. I'll pass it along to you here. NCAA penalties against Baylor football. It goes back to the era under former coach Art Bryles. Baylor was found to have provided impermissible benefits and violated recruiting rules. Under Coach Art Bryles. So they got some NCAA penalties going back to that. Now, some of the other things that were legal issues that they had that was really ugly stuff that got he and the staff fired, got him kind of run out of football, the uh, the sexual assault allegations and cases, um, multiple in and around his program. Okay, a lot of that stuff, legal stuff, and I guess in terms of how penalties are handled in the NCAA, handled in the NCAA, some of those were outside of the scope of the NCAA. They don't fall under their jurisdiction. It's a legal thing. It's it's different, obviously, than NCAA rules. We get that. This is penalties for breaking NCAA rules under Art Bryles. Now, he, I'm going to give you the penalties, but just to understand. Art Bryles last coached at Baylor in 2015. It is 2021. When today, on August the 11th, 2021, penalties have been handed down. 
What was that that Greg Sankey said back at SEC Media Days in his opening statement, prepared remarks about um, doing a better job of governance at the NCAA level, particularly in regards to investigations and expediting those things and trying to do it in a timely manner? Especially when you don't really find that much. All right, here's what they found. Well, here's what they've got. These are the penalties for Baylor, for whatever they found. Four years of probation, a $5,000 fine, a reduction to 30 football official visits during 21-22. So they cut back. I don't know what the total number is. They cut them back. They have a three-week ban on unofficial visits in football this year. A two-week ban on football recruiting communication this year. A reduction of football evaluation days by three during the fall of this year and by ten during the spring of next year. These are their penalties at Baylor. A five-year show-cause order for the former assistant director of football ops. During that period, any NCAA member school employing him must restrict him from any athletically related duties, yada, yada, yada. And finally... This is listed under penalties, which I'll get to it. A vacation of all records in which student-athletes competed while ineligible. The university must provide a written report containing the contest impacted to the NCAA media coordination statistics staff within 14 days of the public release of this decision. And so you got to vacate your records and you're going to do the work for us. Submit it to us in writing. So those are the penalties. So, I mean, they are what they are. They've caught them for having impermissible benefit. Um, For a lot of the schools out there, it's not a matter of having impermissible benefits and improper contact. It's just a matter of do you get caught? Okay, Baylor gets caught because they were investigating all kinds of other stuff. But the two things that jump out at me that I just roll my eyes at, it's just, I'm telling you, NCAA enforcement is an absolute joke. It is a farce. It does not mean they have idiots there. It just means they have people there who are way too few. Okay? They're investigating stuff under a coach who left there in 2015. Okay, we are soon to be six years removed from the last time he coached there. And we are just now getting the penalties handed down in 2021. Let me ask you all a question. Did anybody here know that Baylor was under investigation still recently? Anybody know that? No, you didn't. Because what? In the real world, nothing takes that long. But it does with NCAA enforcement. It takes that long. And part of the reason is, yeah, they don't have subpoena power. But also part of the reason is because there's all kinds of backroom deals and worrying about this connection and that connection and those kinds of things. Um, that they are fooling with. I don't think they should, but they do. And then... They don't have enough people, okay? So it's an organization that operates under a certain structure where you go president of the NCAA and then vice president here and then 
you know, vice president here, and then this committee, that this tree of stuff that trickles down from president at the top of the NCA is where they've set it up. Okay, and all these people at the top just raking in millions of dollars, making one and two million dollars a year salaries, and then the, the money that goes into the coffers, these billions of dollars that goes into the coffers over the course of years and years. And yet, guess what they're not going to do? They are not going to expand their enforcement staff. Now, they've said they're going to enforce things. They're going to have an enforcement arm. And they're going to go out here and make sure everybody's operating under the rules and have a fair and level playing field. But we're going to skimp on the number of people that work in enforcement. And you're like, it's easy for me to sit here and go, us to sit here and go, you don't have enough people. You can't possibly police everything coast to coast with the size staff that you have. Well, that's true. And maybe you can't afford to have like a full, robust enforcement staff in every state coast to coast. Okay, well, at least do something. But instead, we'll just skimp, kind of leave it what it is. We'll make a showing every now and then so people will believe we enforce. Meanwhile, nobody has to take a pay cut at the top. Does that make any sense? And then here's the other thing that I don't like about all this is including vacating wins in the penalty structure. Let me tell you all something. Vacating wins is not a penalty. I have compared it to this in the past. A little kid gets $5 for cleaning up his room. So he cleans up his room. And dad gives him a $5 bill. He puts a $5 bill in his pocket. And then he goes and a week later spends the $5. He bought popcorn at the movies. He bought candy and drinks at the swimming pool. Okay, and he bought some baseball cards. He spent it. After he spent the money and he ate the popcorn and the candy and he's already put the baseball cards up, then he messed up. Dad comes to him and says, I'm punishing you, son. And the kid's like, really? What's my punishment? And dad says, remember that $5 you got for cleaning your room? Yeah, dad. Well, you just consider the fact that that never happened. Uh, and the kid's like, I'm sorry, what? Dad says, yeah. Just as far as you and I are concerned. It never happened. And the kid's like, yeah, but I, I I, already spent the money. I ate the popcorn. Dad's like, yeah, but it didn't happen. We are vacating that whole experience. It didn't happen. never happened. You're like, that's my punishment? <laughs> Ridiculous. Y'all stick around. After these messages, we'll be right back. Arrive today. Jeans do come true. Thank you, Blue Delta. Yeah, jeans do come true. That's what the bag says. Blue Delta jeans makes the best fitting, most comfortable jeans in the world because they are uniquely made for you and only you. Raw denim jeans, custom fit, hand tailored in Tupelo, Mississippi, my hometown. Let's dive in and see what we have here. Do what I did. Visit BlueDeltaJeans.com. 
find your fit, design a gene, and before you know it, you'll be addicted. Just for my listeners, enter discount code Matt Wyatt, all lowercase. Again, that's if you listen to me, you can use discount code Matt Wyatt, all lowercase, and at checkout, you're going to get a 10% discount off your order. So I just went online, ordered them, uh, bluedeltajeans.com a couple weeks ago, went in, I didn't go get measured. I just entered, you know, what I knew about myself. I just answered the questions and here they are at my doorstep a couple weeks later. Nice. That blue delta. Nice. I'm happy. (laughs) I've known the blue delta team for years and I'm thrilled to have these guys on as a sponsor of this show. Blue Delta's Virtual Tailor is a fun and easy way to get yourself into the best fitting pair of jeans you're ever going to own. But you never thought you'd get a butt shot out of me, huh? How about that? Just answer the questions and they fit absolutely perfectly. They couldn't fit better. So just go online, bluedeltajeans.com, answer the questions. It's amazing how they do it. They will fit perfectly. You're not going to find better material and better feeling pants, period. Anywhere, bluedeltajeans.com. Use this code. Use the code. You're going to get a discount. They are the most comfortable jeans I've ever worn. I promise you that. And I know that you are going to love them too. Make sure you use the code. And remember, jeans do come true. After these messages, we'll be let me tell you about an ice cream can't be beat. The very best tasting you can eat. It's meadow, 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 meadow smooth. Freeze meadow go. Go to your ice cream man today and here's the word that you should say. Oh, give me meadow, meadow, meadow smooth. Freeze meadow go. And remember, folks, meadow gold is mighty good. For double enjoyment, reach for Beech Nut Peppermint Gum. It sparkles your smile, your breath, your whole sense of enjoyment. Beech Nut Peppermint in the familiar yellow pack. Six o'clock, dinner time. Thank goodness for Jell-O Instant Pudding. Yes, thank goodness for Jell-O Instant Pudding. The terrific busy day dessert you can make at the very last minute. See how quick and easy. Just add it to cold milk and beat it up. That's all. By the time you're ready to eat it, it's all ready for you. Jell-O Instant Pudding, made by the famous Jell-O folks. So creamy, so nourishing, so delicious. No other instant pudding is quite the same. Stock your shelves with all seven flavors. The good, good, busy day dessert. Jell-O Instant Pudding. ESPN 105.9 The Zone and the Zone 1059.com. All right, back with you rolling along here. Some texts I want to get to from the uh, country pleasing text line 885 ESPN or 885 377 6. 
couple different subjects being kicked around over here. Nick says, in my opinion, an established starter in the NFL has no business playing in the preseason ever. Well, and you know, they did cut down, right? I mean, the NFL went to three, an extra regular season game, cut it down to three preseason games, except for the Cowboys and Steelers who played in the Hall of Fame deal uh, this year. So I think a lot of people agree with that take, honestly, Nick. Uh, Denzel said, talking about the NCAA stuff, uh, North Carolina academic fraud, not a violation. Boise State letting freshmen sleep on players' couches before school starts, violation. Baylor covering up sexual assault, not a violation. Reselling textbooks, violation. NCAA is a joke. Well, and some of it is jurisdiction. It's like the Penn State thing. See, we forget the Sandusky-Penn State stuff that I think since then the NCAA became very gun-shy about not overstepping their bounds because you'll remember they sort of reacted to the in the public outcry when the details were coming out about Penn State and Sandusky and Paterno and all that, and they actually acted fairly quickly and handed out some pretty serious penalties athletically and then were sued and had to sort of coalesce and come back and apologize even afterwards and and realize that they had they had gone into some stuff that wasn't under their jurisdiction it was a legal thing but not their thing according to their rules and you know it may have affected that but they probably learned that lesson the hard way Joe Impossumnex says, NCAA, the originators of defunding the police. What? Those two are not related, I don't think, are they? <laughs> Dog Tired in Florence says, a standing joke is the NCAA is so mad at Kentucky basketball recruiting, they put Louisville on probation. <laughs> They've popped Louisville several times, have they not? I mean, they really have. Uh, Bulldog44 says, the NCAA is a clown show. When the Super Conference is finished forming, they will tell them to never come around again, NCAA. That's what it stands for. Your services are no longer needed. Um, that's going to happen. It's just a matter of when. you know. And they're going to restructure. They've got a committee right now who's already so that they don't necessarily just like have this public perception and, and, and going through the, the public version of kicking the NCAA to the curb and we're going to do our own thing. We don't need you. They're on committees and reforming the whole structure of the NCAA is what they're charged with doing right now. And we'll see, you know, what that has. What that has for us down the road. Well, why not? It's about that time, Bill, for the countdown of 100 teams. 100 teams. 100 teams. Time for the countdown of 100 teams in 100 days. It's day number 24. We are 24 days away from Saturday, September the 4th. Team number 24 is a familiar one. Team 24 is... Yeah. That's right. Mississippi State, team number 24. They are at number 24 on the uh, Football Power Index at ESPN. And that's the list I've been using. They actually did, you know, re, uh, 
reorder their list at one point during the middle of all this. But uh, anywho, <laughs> they're at 24. Team number 24. You like the fight song? Here it is. All right, so let's learn just a little bit here. I'm going to hit some of the high points. Uh, of course, Coach Leach going into his second year at Mississippi State. They went 4-7 and seven last year, and that fourth win was uh, in a bowl game. One thing that jumps out at me, you know, throughout this, we're almost we're we're not quite, but almost eighty teams into this countdown, and every one of these I've been going. They got fifty Letterman back, sixty Letterman back. They got all these ten starters back here, you know, nine here on this side of the. All these teams because of COVID, super seniors, and and all this have much more experience. Every team is more experienced than they normally are. More Letterman, but not for Mississippi State. If you will recall, look at it closely. You've heard Mike Leach say, we were the youngest team in the country last year. You've heard him say that more than once, right? He's, And then sometimes as fans, you go, ah, oh, coach speak, roll my eyes. He's just coach, whatever he's saying. No, I mean, I think he really means it. They were the youngest team in the country in terms of who they played and new faces and stuff. So they were four and seven, eight starters back on offense, eight on defense. But only 41 guys returning on the team who've played some football in college. Um, so they're still kind of young in terms of overall game experience across the entire roster. They're still kind of young in that regard. Of course, we know how the trend of the season went last year. And once Will Rogers moved in there as a starting quarterback, taking over for K.J. Costello, then you were really young. You had a true freshman QB. A true freshman running back, another true freshman running back, a true freshman as your top receiver. You know, playing a freshman and a newcomer, two of them on your offensive line. So they were so young, especially at the end of the year. But they played some of their best ball at the end of the year. You know, they they beat LSU out of the gates, lose four in a row to Arkansas, Kentucky, A&M, and Alabama. None of those were particularly close except for Arkansas. It was a one-score game. Then they beat Vanderbilt. And they lost three in a row, Georgia, Ole Miss, and Auburn. But two of those three were very close. They lost to Georgia and Ole Miss back-to-back on the road by the same score, seven points, 31-24 and 31-24. And then, of course, just waxed Missouri in the final game of the year, put up 51 points in that one and beat Tulsa in the bowl game. Played pretty well, I thought, in the bowl games. Close, 28-26, but I thought they played pretty well uh, for the most part. Um, Wally is the leading receiver on last year's team. He's back. He was a true freshman last year. Went for 7-18, two TDs. And Rodgers is back, threw for just under 2,000, went 11 touchdowns and seven picks uh, on the year. Was really good in the home stretch of the season. Both of your leading rushers off last year's team were both true freshmen. They're both back in Marks and Johnson. Johnson actually had uh, a fewer yards, about 75 or so fewer yards than Marks, but he had more touchdowns, four. Marks had three. And you lose Errol Thompson, your leading talk, tackler off last year's team, but nine of the top ten back. So he's the top guy, plays him, but everybody else back on that defensive side of the ball. Um, we've looked at the schedule uh, a bunch, but they're going to start the season in 24 days from today. State's going to host Louisiana Tech at Davis Wade Stadium. State will be a pretty decent favorite in that one. And then in week two, we'll host NC State. Week three, go to Memphis. Week four, finish up September by hosting LSU. So the month of September, four games, 
Three of the four at home. The one road game ain't that far. Got to go to Memphis. Well, let's have some fun with this, Bill. Uh-huh. Famous alumni, Mississippi State University. Well, there's Matt Wyatt. Yeah, start the list there. There you go. Let's get that one out of the way. John Grisham, Will Clark, Rafael mm-hmm. Palmero, mm-hmm. Eric Dampier, Buck Showalter, Bobby Thigpen, Jeff Brantley, Jonathan Papelbon, <laughs> Bailey Howell. I'm picking Senator up Marsha a... Blackman from okay. Tennessee. Okay, Marsha. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Yeah. Eric Moulds, Mold. Kent Hull, D.D. Lewis, Senator John Stennis, Sonny Montgomery, Paul Mahone. Hartley PV, the man who started PV Electronics over in Meridian. Uh, Dave Ferris, Johnny Cooks, Michael Haddix, Fred Smoot, Joe For- Fortunato, uh, Hoyle Granger, Jeff Malone, Jarvis Bernardo, Tom Good, Jackie Parker, Mark Keenan. <laughs> we know who that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Van Chancellor, Jarius Norwood, Justin Griffith, Dell Unser, Dak Prescott, Dak Mangum. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hunter Renfro. Mitch Moreland, Darius Slay, Duty Noble, Chauncey Rivers, and this gentleman. Well, just shoot up in here amongst us. One of us got to have some relief. Jerry Clower. <laughs> oh, shoot that thing. Shoot this thing. You know what? Uh, Ooh, and what a big one. What a big one. Hey, and Mansplain says you forgot about Machine Gun Kelly. You know what? If we look that up, somebody came out with a story a couple of weeks ago Bill, that said that Machine Gun Kelly actually went to school at Mississippi State, and I don't think I knew that. Uh, I didn't know that either. He's not on my list. Right. I don't think he's on very many lists, but somebody somebody dug that up. Yeah. And I need to put a reminder in my phone. Okay. On August the 24th, uh, that'll be exactly one month out. No, it won't. No, it won't. I'm sorry. I don't know what I was thinking. On August the 24th of, of this year, this month, It'll be the anniversary of the passing of Jerry Clower. You know, he died in a hospital yeah. there in Jackson. Yep, sure did. And we need to kind of have a Jerry Clower day on the 24th to celebrate uh, his life, looking back on it. That'd be Got fun. plenty of stories of his we could put on here. Well, and what's great, every time we've done that, Bill, people listening who had interactions with Jerry Clower over the years, they always call in and tell their <laughs> stories. Oh, so you, you did too? Oh, yeah. I met him a couple times, yeah. Well, hey. And his daughter lived right around the corner from me out in Clinton. Okay. Well, help me remember that then. Yeah. Let's do our best to remember it. We'll try to do that on the 24th. Yeah, he passed away in Jackson August the 24th, 1998. Jerry Clower. All right, so there's State, team number 24, on the countdown of 100 teams. That's hour one in the books. Hour two coming up. Stick around. Farm Bureau Insurance stands ready to provide financial relief to our communities in this time of crisis. This includes a one-time credit to all personal auto policyholders, a donation of $500,000 to the Mississippi Food Network, and additional payment options for those hit the hardest, all while continuing to service customer claims as well. But this is the time to go above and beyond. These are a few ways we're keeping the Farm Bureau promise. To learn more, talk to your agent, or visit us online. Go with the home team. After these messages, we'll be right back. 
We are about to have a fire and cook some sausage. A country pleasing sausage is outstanding. Whether you cook it over a fire or in the house, cook some of this right here. It's green onion flavor. You see that? But this right here is my favorite, the maple flavor. And this is great for breakfast. It's awesome cooking it in the house because it makes the whole house smell good. Oh yeah. Let's eat country pleasing sausage, the best hands down. If you go to countrypleasing.com, you can actually order this and deliver it to your house. Country pleasing sausage, hands down, the best. Trust me. Divinity Equipment, Spring Ridge Road in Jackson, Highway 51 in Madison. Hey y'all, let me tell you a little bit about C Spire. New stuff in 2021, including 5G coverage. If you go to their website right now, cspire.com, you're going to see their no bull, which by the way, I love the Super Bowl ad with the slow motion bull. You're going to see that on the website, but look, they're right. There's been a lot of bull over the years in your wireless bill, depending on if, you know who you were with and my experience with C Spire is just like they say, there's no bull. I know what it's going to cost me each month. I know what my coverage is. is the number one coverage in Mississippi, period, the number one network. And they've got 5G phones that are 5G ready. Now, I have the new iPhone 12 Pro Max. Got it at C Spire. Went and did curbside at my local C Spire location and did the exchange where I traded in my old one, got the new one, and it's 5G capable. And we've got 5G coverage in parts of Mississippi, and it's just growing by the day. So you really ought to check that out. Okay. And in terms of the new phones, you got deals going on on those as well. Find those out at cspire.com. C Spire, customer inspired jeans do come true blue delta jeans makes the best fitting most comfortable jeans in the world because they are uniquely made for you and only you let's dive in and see what we have here do what i did visit bluedeltajeans.com find your fit design a jean and before you know it you'll be addicted just for my listeners, enter discount code Matt Wyatt, all lowercase, uh, bluedeltajeans.com. I just entered, you know, what I knew about myself. Well, I just answered the questions, and here they are. Nice. Yeah, Blue Delta. Just answered the questions, and they fit absolutely perfectly. They couldn't fit better. So just go online, bluedeltajeans.com, answer the questions, use this code, Use the code. You're going to get a discount. They are the most comfortable jeans I've ever worn. And I know that you are going to love them too.
workers at home to wash dishes. Yep, wildlife rescue workers have been using Dawn for decades, helping save more than 125,000 birds, even these little ducklings. You see, Dawn suds loosen up the grease and rinse it from their delicate feathers. Taking grease out of wildlife's way is so darn easy. WRKS Pickett's Jackson. Time. 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 It's time to get back to the Matt Wyatt Show. Live in the studio. Online at thezone1059.com and on your radio at ESPN 105.9 The Zone. I'm going to fix a casserole. A little casserole. Yeah, and that Cajun guy there. And I, I, I got corrected on how to pronounce a name, by the way, from Mississippi State. Yeah, which one? A lady called up and said that she went to school with him, Hoyle Granger. <laughs> Not Granger. I Hoyle have, Granger. I have read that name before, and every time I read it, I see Hoyle mm-hmm. Granger. Yep, that's what it looks like. But you're telling me it's Granger. Granger. Also, I left a couple of guys off, which I don't know why they weren't on the list. Fletcher Cox and Chris Jones. Oh, yeah. Super Bowl people. Well, and, you know, two of your more wealthy famous alumni at this point, <laughs> after their most yes. uh, <laughs> after their most recent uh, contracts got put into place. Hey, all right, check it out. Here we are, hour number two, just underway with you here on this Wednesday. You can be a part of the show, and I hope you will be. Call me, text me, comment on the live stream. Lots of ways for you to get in on in here. Love to hear from you. So uh, say what's up for me. And Will was pointing that out. When we were getting through the list, uh, State Mississippi State was team number 24 in the countdown of 100 teams. We talked about that a few minutes ago. He pointed out on the live stream on YouTube, Fletcher Cox, and then he pointed out Chris Jones. And another that we're going to add to that, maybe not on there now, uh, Elton Jenkins, who is a Pro Bowl offensive lineman from Clarksdale via Mississippi State. And he's with the Green Bay Packers and is really a phenomenal ball player. He was one of those who was very under-recruited, you know, during his time in high school and certainly was a gem. I remember when they signed him, you know, they, well, they might have given him two stars. Somebody might have said he was three. But nobody had ever heard of Elton Jenkins at the time that they signed him. This was back during Dan Mullen's days. And uh, he was... Maybe not huge, not a huge guy coming out of high school, but I remember when he was a true freshman, they were having fall camp out at the farm, and I went out and watched. And what that was, if you're not familiar, Mullen used to take the team for a week and a half to two weeks of the preseason camp, and they would leave the football facility, go to the opposite end of Mississippi State's campus, down towards the intramural fields, next to South Farm, where on the other side of the fence you'd have livestock, horses, cows, everything else. And they would practice out there, like move training camp, ride in vans and buses down to the just to have a different feel. And it was good. I, you know, I think it was good for the team. Players didn't necessarily enjoy it, but it was good for the team. Anyway, went down there, watched, watching the offensive lineman work, and remember thinking, you know, that kid is obviously a freshman. He kind of looks like a freshman. He's not as big as the other guys, but holy cow, he can move. <clears throat> he was so fluid and athletic. He was like a power forward out there as compared to some of these other guys. He was moving around so much better. And then he adds weight, and he never lost the athleticism, and he played center, and he played guard, and he played tackle. It didn't matter where they put him. He was good. He was a highlight machine. He was a pancake machine. He gets himself drafted. He's a starter for the Green Bay and a pro bowler. Boom. 
and soon to be a multimillionaire. Uh, so it's interesting how those things happen. It really is. Hey, uh, we have time to do this, so I'm going to do it. I told you on yesterday's show I wanted you to hear some of the post-practice comments from Mike Leach and from Lane Kiffin. Now, I say post-practice, they had practiced. It was just on media day for Lane Kiffin. But I wanted you to hear some of that, and we actually never got to it yesterday. So I'm going to give you a taste of that. I want you to hear some of the Q&A, because it's very recent within the last day or so of these coaches talking about their football team. So that's coming up in just a minute. Also, I get these messages all the time, so when I get the answer, I want to pass it along to you. The Mississippi State University golf course is they have national championship baseball apparel that you can buy now. And if you will look them up on Twitter, it's Hale State GC. GC stands for golf course. Hale State GC on Twitter. Um, some One of the brands they carry is Columbia. I like all Columbia stuff, and I have some of it. A Columbia Terminal Tackle long sleeve t-shirt, the thin material stuff, with uh, that National Champions logo, the official National Champions logo across the front of it. Uh, they, you can get them from small to double X, 55 bucks. That includes tax. Shipping is available. And you can give them a call. They've got the phone number right there on a tweet. Okay, so I am retweeting it right now. And so any if you follow me on Twitter, you'll see it. Uh, you'll see a link there to it. And I'm going to make sure that you can... Not only tweet them, but you could call them and order those. Because I've gotten a lot of messages. Hey, do you know where I can get a shirt? Well, here it is. You can get one right there. That one might have my name all over it. And I'm Radio Wyatt on Twitter. If you don't follow me, you can check it out and uh, see it for yourself. So press conference audio coming up. First, though, over here on the Divinity phone, Chris on line one. Thanks for calling, Chris. What's up? How you doing, Matt? Just How right. How about Darius uh, Slate? Wasn't yeah. Darius Slate really, really under-recruited, too? Yeah, you know, and I know he went to JUCO first, went to Itawamba Community College, so that might have contributed to that. I mean, him and Martinez Rankin both, if I had to guess, they were both really well under-recruited, and they're both doing really well in the league, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you know that Nico Whitley's still playing and doing really good, too? Where is he playing? He was playing at um, – I want to say the last time I heard heard about him, he was playing for Indianapolis. Really? I didn't realize that. I didn't know that he was still going, to be honest with you. There's still there's a bunch of Bulldogs still going. Okay. That's the one thing is they may not have been superstars, but a lot of them are very well journeymen in the NFL. Yeah. They come out of state. Yeah. And you saying that they're ranked 24th this year? Uh, well, no, I'm saying they were 24th on the football power index list at ESPN, which is not necessarily like a, a ranking. It's just the FPI, whatever that is, a computer formula. Okay. Because mm-hmm. I think that'll be close to where they finish. That's I all. honestly yeah. do. I, I, I mean, I'm not – I became a baseball fan, and that's how I become a state fan. Mm-hmm. But, hey, you know, I think that they're going to do well this year. I yeah. just don't I, – I, with a defense like they've got, I just don't see why they won't. Yeah. Well – I mean, do you disagree? No, I, I think – this is what I think, and I'm, I'm comfortable saying this. 
you know, like today is going to be the first time they'll practice in full pads. We don't know it. You know, injuries are going to happen. We don't know what those are. But but I can say with confidence right now, Chris, their personnel on defense, especially their first eleven, is a lot better than most people realize. Um, yeah, I think so. if they go into that first game with their majority of their two deep, but especially their first eleven healthy. There will be some talking heads people out here that are going to be shocked at how good they are on defense. So let me ask you a question, and this is just a question for you, and I know that we've had Eric Moles, but is this not the best wide receiving core that's been at Mississippi State maybe ever? Well, you know, Chris, here's my thing about it. I'm not comfortable going out here and labeling them like that one way or the other until I see them play in ball games. You know, um, that's right. that's my deal. You know, potential, yeah, they got some excellent potential. When you look at the ages, when you consider that Tulu and Wally are both true sophomores, but, but in actual eligibility, they might as well be freshmen because last year didn't count. You know, you consider that. You consider... Um, you know what Polk is going to be, and he's got more than one year of eligibility left. And yeah, I mean the potential is there. I just I want to see it in ball games before I start talking about how great a group they are. Well, from what I hear, you better not count out the guy from Charleville either, because they say he's showing out a little bit in camp yeah. now too. Yeah. yeah. Um. The the question, the last question I'm gonna have, I want you to give me a hot take, yes or no. Do you think before his career is over with? If he doesn't get hurt big time, Jaden Wiley's the leading receiver that Mississippi State's ever yeah. had. Oh yeah. Have I would say day. I would say, yeah, there's a great chance of that. You know, in this offense particularly, and the fact that he got a big old head start just like I said. Just like- that was his true freshman year last year. Technically it didn't even count, but he's already got seven hundred and twenty receiving yards in the books now. <laughs> so he's got to jump on everybody. And considering how many balls they're gonna catch over the course of their career. Um, yeah, he's got a great chance to be way on up there for sure. For sure. All right. Uh, we'll have time to come to some of your text messages uh, here in the hour. But right now I want to flip it over do something I told you. Here is, we'll start with Mike Leach. This is Mike Leach after practice and a Q&A with media. Uh, I was going to give you some of this yesterday. We ran out of time. But pretty interesting. It was after the fourth practice of uh, preseason. Yesterday would have been the fifth. Here's Mike Leach. Coach, it seemed like defense had a pretty good day today. What did you see from your vantage point? Uh, I thought we were streaky. I thought both sides were streaky. I thought, uh, you know, I thought we practiced better yesterday overall, uh, both sides. Um, The biggest thing, we got to be consistent. We're a streaky team right now. We are able to put together uh, plays on either side of the ball in succession. but, you know, we don't have that consistency we need to get. Uh, the other thing is I think we got to push through. we got to push through the weather and the work. Does that just come with reps, that consistency that you're talking about, or what specifically would you like to see this team do in order to kind of achieve what you're looking for? Well, they just have to focus. They have to have the ability to focus when they're tired and play with good technique when they're tired, you know. Coach, I know Jameer Calvin's new here, but he's not new to the air raid. He seems really comfortable out there. What, what's your expectations of him, and what's your thoughts so far from him? Just, just keep improving. You know, he's a he's a real sudden guy. He's good at coming out of his cuts. He's uh, can stop and go uh, real fast. 
you know, just uh, yeah, be a consistent guy. And then, uh, and then also he gives us a little depth. He was here in the spring, but your thoughts on Mikhail Polk and what he's been able to do early on? Getting better, yeah, getting better. Uh, I think that, uh, and he's improved uh, since spring. Uh, good at playing the ball in the air, uh, and also uh, needs to push through. Needs to be the same guy at the end of the work as he is at the beginning. What's your impression specifically on Malik Keith and Chance Lovertich so far, and where do you think they need to improve on? Uh, I think Malik's inconsistent. Malik needs to focus. He needs to use two hands when he catches the ball. Uh, when he plays well, he's a very dynamic player. Um, and the biggest thing he needs to do is uh, is play up to his potential because, uh, you know, good things could happen for him if he does. Uh, uh, you know, he, he's, uh, uh, he's uh, occasionally great rather than consistently good. Um, uh, Lovertech, uh, he, he's steadily improved. Uh, had a, uh, I thought he had a really good day today. Um, and then, uh, you know, he's, 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 he's triggering quicker than uh, he did in the spring. And so he just needs to keep improving. How would you- All right, so that's a little bit of the Leach press conference. So you heard what he said about receivers. He gets a question about uh, Makai Polk. Pleased with him, does a really nice job playing a ball in the air, jump ball stuff. My observation, of course, again, not full pads, so you haven't had full contact. My observation, too, at practice has been Polk for a big guy, 6'3", Sometimes you picture smaller guys like Tulu Griffin that are the best or better at getting their hands off and getting free at the line of scrimmage and not getting bumped in bump coverage. But Polk does a nice job of that, too. He generally finds a way to get up the field and won't get knocked off his route um, and does a nice job on jump ball stuff. But then you heard him talking about Heath, Malik Heath, who 6'3", you know, big-time physically talented, and he'll do, you know, these he'll make these great catches – and, and he used this term for a receiver last year. It might have been Osiris Mitchell, but he said, you know, he's occasionally great. We just need him to be consistently good. That's what we want here is consistently good, not occasionally great. Catch a ball with two hands. And then it might have gotten a question in there about Chance Lovertich, who is competing to be the backup quarterback. Or, well, I say, I mean, he's competing right now getting two snaps, number two snaps. Um, it says he's starting to get better. And the ball is coming out quicker and a little bit more on time, and that's what you expect with quarterbacks the more reps they get in that system. Okay, Lane Kiffin, media day. Now, the audio is not great. Uh, it sounded like they might have had a little bit of an audio issue the day they were putting uh, – well, it was two days ago they put Lane Kiffin up there at the podium. So audio is not wonderful, but I think it is uh, where you can tell what he's saying. Lane Kiffin, and he starts off here talking about the challenges they went through to get all of their team vaccinated, which was reported they got them, every player and every coach vaccinated. Here he is talking about that. Um, like I said, that was a lot of work and a lot of different conversations. And, and sometimes, you know, these are kids, so sometimes it was not just conversations with them. They were okay with it, but it would be a parent or a relative that wasn't. So... Um, that and that was not. We didn't get to 100 percent till right towards the end, and <clears throat> I just think as it got closer to that, kids saw you know the reasons that everybody else was doing it for their team, and you know I don't want to get into to you know a big argument about what's right and wrong, but I think it's irresponsible not to. So I know I'll be criticized for that, but I think it is. So in 
you know, being a college football player. This is like, it's not, this is different than a normal job. You're coming in, you're near these guys, you know, you're impacting people's ability to play the games on certain weeks and getting shut down. So, you know, this is not a normal job where you can just stay at home and zoom in on Saturday, you know, a little bit different. Lane, how important was it for Otis Reese to play the three games that he did last year, and what do you think it will be like to have him for a full season? Well, I, that was a long year for him. <clears throat> you know, obviously we were grateful when it happened, but um, you know, he went through a lot of ups and downs because it would look like it was close and it wouldn't happen. And so um, I was just happy that he stayed with it, did a such, such a great job on service team, but stayed in the game plan, you know, knowing that at any time it could happen. And I'm sure, you know, that was a struggle because it was so late in the season he still wasn't el eligible. So he did a good job getting thrown in there, and now he's had a whole off season to really get comfortable and expect a really big season from him. Man, I want to ask you about the offseason acquisition of Orlando Umana, the center. Um, obviously, it lets you keep Caleb and Ben at guard positions, but – how big of a get was that for you guys from the transfer portal? And what have you seen from him? What do you expect? Well, he's had two good days. Uh, we've thrown him in there. Obviously, he has experience, has played a lot. Uh, you know, but also there's, you know, a learning process of playing center in our system, much different than when he came from with the tempo aspect of it. And really, if he plays slow, you know, we're, our whole offense is in trouble. So he's going to have to develop that way, improve on that, having not done that, but it does, you know, if he can do that and play well, I think it allows us to play people at the right spots then, you know, and, you know, for Ben, I think his best, <clears throat> his best spot for the next level is guard. So it allows us to do that. Lane with that. All right. So there's a little bit of the Lane Kiffin media day, you know, hundred percent. He's and that quotes kind of made the rounds there that he said his opinion on this is irresponsible not to get it knows he'd be criticized, but that's the way he felt about it. But he did then go on to make the point, and I think it is true. It's a little different when you are playing college football, right? And this whole season and this whole team, you kind of have to go around and act as one. Make sure you get the season going. You protect your teammates. You protect your guys you're playing against. Um, so, it's a, yeah, it is a little different maybe than the individual – going to a job uh, in some ways. Uh, but that's Lane Kiffin pointing that out in his press conference this week. All right. Uh, yeah, okay. On the live stream here, I had D4 Sports asking for my email address, and uh, Sven, looks like you're providing that to him. I appreciate you doing that, so y'all feel free to hit me up. Earlier when we did the countdown of 100 teams today, team number 24 was Mississippi State, and so we got into the famous alumni list. Uh, we came back, added Fletcher Cox and Chris Jones. Um, Sven pointing out that, yeah, Fletcher's got himself a Super Bowl ring. He sure has. A bunch of Pro Bowl um, plaques, I'm sure, on the mantle as well. Nice big contract, money in the bank. And Fletcher's playing well. They should have a good football team. Some other names, though. Uh, Gail pointed out Will Redmond. Yeah, he's a. He's a part of the two deep, plays on all the special teams, but gets a lot of playing time on defense as well for the Packers. Packers have what? Now four? Or is it five former state players? 
So I'm thinking about, you think about the Packers. They have now, you, you've added Kylan Hill on offense. And he's on the team right now, training camp. He's trying to make the 53. Their running back is hurt, so he's getting PT. All right, so Kylan Hill, Elton Jenkins on the offensive line, that's two. Preston Smith, defensive end, that's three. Will Redmond, defensive back, that's four. And then it seems like there's one more, the the deep snapper. Um, and y'all may remember his name, but don't they have another special teams player out of state that's on that uh, Packers team? I think so. You maybe have five former Mississippi State players there. We'll look that up. Other names, Bulldog44 texted us, and he said Jeff Malone. Somebody else texted and said Jeff Malone. I don't know if he was on there. Yeah, but longtime NFL career, played for the Jazz. He was on those Carl Malone teams, wasn't he? Grumpy added that uh, Leo Seal Jr. should be on that list. I would agree with that uh, for sure. How about this story from Dog Tired in Florence? We hit on Jerry Clower, and he said... uh, Dog Tired said, my uncle Alcus was named in Jerry Clower's book as being one of his three, quote, for real friends. Although improved for storytelling, those Marcel Ledbetter stories happened in a bar in Macomb. Since Jerry was from Liberty, not far from his house there. He says, Matt, you often profess your faith. Uncle Alcus often mentioned how great of a Christian Jerry Clower became. And I've seen some speeches where they were not routines and they weren't speeches. He was preaching before it was all over with. Anthony from Tupelo said on the famous list, he said, also, don't forget the living legends of Cam Floyd, Brent Smith, Burt, and Ben Ashley, all from Pontotoc High School. <laughs> that's, his, that's right. Put them on the list. I agree with that. Put them on the list. Coming up next, we'll jump into the Wayback Machine with you. Bill and I always enjoy that. Hope you do, too. And we're going to do it anyway. (laughs) Stick around. After these messages, we'll be right back. Better buy bird's Yes, always look for this bird's eye bird, your guarantee of top quality frozen food. And your big bird's eye buy this week is bird's eye orange juice. Easy, you can serve it in a minute. Thrifty, it will save you money. Orchard fresh and delicious. Better buy bird's eye. Better buy, better buy, better buy bird's eye. Now, if you know your oats and want to feel your oats and taste how good an oat cereal can be, Well, you go for Cheerios. Great way to start the day with really great eating. That's Cheerios, one of the few foods made from oats. The tasty cereal grain everyone should have at breakfast. Crisp and golden as only a toasted oat cereal can be. And nourishing? Why, a Cheerios breakfast gives you the power protein that grown-ups need to help stay in trim and youngsters need to grow on. Toasted oat goodness, toasted oat flavor, a delicious power breakfast. That's Cheerios. Let me tell you about an ice cream candy beat. The very best tasting you can eat. It's meadow, 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 meadow smooth. Freeze meadow, go, go 
to your ice cream man today and here's the word that you should say. Oh, give me meadow, 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 smooth, freeze, meadow gold. And remember, folks, meadow gold is mighty good. For double enjoyment, reach for Beech Nut Peppermint Gum. It sparkles your smile, your breath, your whole sense of enjoyment. Beech Nut Peppermint in the familiar yellow pack. Six o'clock, dinner time. Thank goodness for Jell-O Instant Pudding. Yes, thank goodness for Jell-O Instant Pudding. The terrific busy day dessert you can make at the very last minute. See how quick and easy. Just add it to cold milk and beat it up. That's all. By the time you're ready to eat it, it's all ready for you. Jell-O Instant Pudding, made by the famous Jell-O folks. So creamy, so nourishing, so delicious. No other instant pudding is quite the same. Stock your shelves with all seven flavors. The good, good, busy day dessert. Jell-O Instant Pudding. Mississippi. All right, back with you. Yeah, I looked it up. All right, so the Packers do have five former Bulldogs on the roster, and they also have one former Ole Miss Rebel on their roster, too. So, like, if you didn't have a team to root for in the NFL, and you just wanted one that had a bunch of former players on it, this might be it, depending on who you root for. Yeah, so former state guys on the roster right now, Preston Smith, defensive end going in, defensive end linebacker going into his seventh year. All right, so that's one. I didn't realize this, but Chauncey Rivers, okay, is on the roster, too. Linebacker, defensive end. He's in his first year, or he's got one year of experience. So Chauncey Rivers is currently with the Packers, and apparently was with them last year. Elton Jenkins with the Packers. Kylan Hill, the running back, who's a rookie. 
and Hunter Bradley, the long snapper, who I mentioned, that's five. Now, he said Will Redmond, but Will must be with somebody else. And and Will, so so we were, I know he was with the Packers, what, as recently as last year, I believe. And I know he started out with San Francisco, uh, the 49ers. And I just, I don't know where he is in training camp this year. Last I heard, he was with Green Bay last year. Anybody know who he's with right now? I said 2018 to the present, but I look up on the roster, I don't see him on there. So, um, yeah, so five, if you don't count Redmond. The other was Royce Newman, okay, a rookie out of Ole Miss, uh, tackle guard, offensive lineman, 6'5", 3'10". Yep, he's with, uh, so he's in his first year. He's also with, uh, with Green Bay. Yeah, Chris from Macon asked about Eric Moles, and we did have Eric Moles on the list. We were doing famous alums. We did. He was like, what? Eric was in the Pro Bowl like, what, seven times or something like that? A bunch. On those really good Bills teams, they threw it all over the field. How many Pro Bowls for Eric Moles in his career? Start out with Buffalo. He was with Buffalo from the time he was drafted. He was there for 10 seasons, 96 season through the 05 season. Played in Houston one year and in Tennessee one year, and 07 was his final year in the league. He was a three-time Pro Bowler, 98, 2000, 02, and a two-time second-team All-Pro. Yeah. 9,995 receiving yards and 49 touchdowns. Wouldn't it have been nice if maybe in those last couple of years with Houston and Tennessee – for Eric Moles, if he just, you know, just one more catch, just one more ball, catch, you know, a five-yard throw into the end zone, he's going to have 10,000 yards and 50 touchdowns. Wouldn't that have been nice? <laughs> Not that, frankly, 9,049 touchdowns is anything to shake a stick at, three-time pro bowler uh, in the NFL at all. By the way, Wikipedia telling me all of that. Hey, speaking of Wikipedia... Bill, today is a very famous birthday. Okay. Okay, and it's only like sort of loosely sports related. Mm-hmm. Well, this is the casserole hour. Right. That's still lo- loosely sports related. Now, when people hear who it is, some people who are big fans are going to be mad at me for saying that it's loosely sports related. <laughs> okay, but here it is. Hap- uh, this guy used to walk out to this song right here. Uh, born on this day, August the 11th, 1953, in Augusta, Georgia, Terry Eugene Bollea, or Bollea, better known as Hulk Hogan. Now, when it lists his occupation, Bill, for occupation, it says professional wrestler, television personality, actor, and entrepreneur. Yep. I mean, don't we just stop at wrestler with him? 
Now, here's what I want to know. And when it says years active, it says 1976 musician and then 1977 to 2012 wrestler. What is this musician stuff for? Hulk Hogan. And then, of course, an actor since 1982. And, uh, you know, we remember him as a wrestler, but he was also in the Rocky movies. Yep. He was the son of a construction foreman of Italian descent, homemaker. His mother was a dance teacher. Okay, here it is. Hogan was also a musician spending a decade playing fretless bass guitar in several Florida-based rock bands. He went on to study at Hillsborough Community College and the University of South Florida. After music gigs began to get in the way of his time in college, Hogan dropped out before receiving a degree. Yep. Impressed by Hulk Hogan's physical stature, the Briscoe brothers asked a guy named Hiro Matsuda, the man who trained wrestlers working for championship wrestling from Florida CWF, to make him a potential trainee. And the rest is history, as they say. On came Hulk Hogan. So happy birthday, Hulk Hogan. I was a little bit shook up when Hulk Hogan became a uh, became a villain in the Rocky movie. <laughs> sort of. Well, and so did Mr. T, you know, for that matter. But that was that was entertaining. All right, also in the, there was a little bit of way back. So, by the way, okay, so he's born in 53, Bill Hulk Hogan 68 years old. Well, yeah, he will be at what? He says his birthday's August. Well, today. Yeah. Uh, today rather. Excuse me, today. Yeah, yeah. today. So, he's 68 years yeah. old. He's a little bit older than me. Yeah, just a little bit. He's still got some muscles, I'm sure. I hadn't seen him in a while, though. I guess the the public appearances and the fame is starting to dwindle just a little bit, huh? Yeah, he's still got a pile of cash to sit on, though. Yeah, he does. Okay, over to the uh, phone line, Divinity Equipment phone line, Thibodeau's on line one. What's up, Thibodeau? Hey, guys, how y'all doing? Can you hear me all right? Yep, got you loud and clear. So I tried to call in yesterday, but... um. Things went on too long with old Scott and Chris. So um, I'm going to go back to the conversation about people running really fast. Yeah. Because I'm going I'm gonna, I'm gonna to call some BS on some folks, and here's why. Okay. Your idea about going out to Divinity and having a foot race, I'm going to do you one better. If somebody claims they can run a 5.5 in a 40, Mm-hmm. That means at some point they're going to have to reach about 16 miles per hour on foot. Okay, now, right. My my Divini equipment Kubota zero turn. It runs at 10 to 11 miles per hour depending on the terrain. So why don't we just all get together and <laughs> see if anybody can outrun me on my zero turn in a 40 to 50 yard span? <laughs> That's a pretty good idea. Can you outrun a Kubota? Right? We could just yeah. we could do that. And I then think have it's a lawnmower race. Oh yeah, like have a lawnmower drag you race. Could, you could race the lawnmowers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I mean, look, mine's mid level. It's not the 
biggest, fattest one they make, but it's fast. Yeah. It feels like it's faster than 10 miles per hour. Yeah. Hey, I rode out there at Divinity on Highway 51. I rode in um, a, what, the Kubota Sidekick, little ATV. I want one of those so bad. Yeah, it gets up to like 40 miles an hour. Okay. And this is several years ago. This might have been maybe two years ago. It might have been more. I think it was about two years ago. And we were shooting some video for some stuff. And uh, including... <laughs> the, this guy was dressed up in the full body Kubota orange suit and he was driving the um, sidekick and I'm in the passion I was the sidekick in the sidekick right and I'm running a camera and we took a GoPro because it's waterproof and there were these big water puddles uh, on the lot it had rained the day before and I wanted him to drive through those water puddles and I'm going to hang out the side of the sidekick and lean down with the GoPro down next to the tire and get some good footage of this thing splashing through the water and stuff. You know, we were going fast. When he made the turn up there around the end of the lot, he almost threw me out. I'm talking about it going, we're moving. But anyway, he hits the water puddle. And the thing I didn't account for was maybe the wind would be blowing at us. We're going into the wind. Yeah. So when we hit the puddle, up comes the water. And man, it drenched us. I'm talking about. I'm covered in mud from head to toe. It's in my shoes. It's in my eyes. It's in my ears. He got covered with it. The whole inside of the sidekick is covered in mud. <laughs> and this is one of the ones on yep. display. So we had to clean it up. But we got some good footage, which was the whole point. So I guess it worked out. Hey, but you got a pretty good idea, yep. Thibodeau. I appreciate it. Thank you. Let's you know, have a lawnmower runoff. I say let's do it. I also say, when we come back, we're going to wrap it up. We'll jump back over into the Wayback Machine, hit a little 1970s bandstand and your texts, and send you off into the afternoon. That's all coming up. I'm Matt in the Bureau. Stick around. Today, jeans do come true. Thank you, Blue Delta. Yeah, jeans do come true. That's what the bag says. Blue Delta jeans makes the best fitting, most comfortable jeans in the world because they are uniquely made for you and only you. Raw denim jeans, custom fit, hand tailored in Tupelo, Mississippi, my hometown. Let's dive in and see what we got. Do what I did. Visit BlueDeltaJeans.com. Find your fit. Design a jean. And before you know it, you'll be addicted. Just for my listeners, enter discount code MattWyatt, all lowercase. Again, that's if you listen to me, you can use discount code MattWyatt, all lowercase. And at checkout, you're going to get a 10% discount off your order. So I just went online, ordered them. Uh, BlueDeltaJeans.com. A couple weeks ago. Went in, I didn't go get measured. I just entered, you know, what I knew about myself. I just answered the questions, and here they are at my doorstep a couple weeks later. Nice. Yeah, Blue Delta. Nice. I'm happy. 
<laughs> I've known the Blue Delta team for years, and I'm thrilled to have these guys on as a sponsor of this show. Blue Delta's virtual tailor is a fun and easy way to get yourself into the best-fitting pair of jeans you're ever going to own. But you never thought you'd get a butt shot out of me, huh? How about that? Just answer the questions, and they fit absolutely perfectly. They couldn't fit better. So just go online, bluedeltajeans.com, answer the questions. It's amazing how they do it. They will fit perfectly. You're not going to find better material and better feeling pants, period, anywhere. BlueDeltaJeans.com. Use this code. Use the code. You're going to get a discount. They are the most comfortable jeans I've ever worn. I promise you that. And I know that you are going to love them too. Make sure you use the code. And remember, jeans do come true. After these messages, we'll be right let me tell you about an ice cream candy beat. The very best tasting you can eat. It's meadow, 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 meadow smooth. Freeze meadow go. Go to your ice cream man today and here's the word that you should say. Oh, give me meadow, meadow, meadow smooth. Freeze meadow go. And remember, folks, meadow gold is mighty good. For double enjoyment, reach for Beech Nut Peppermint Gum. It sparkles your smile, your breath, your whole sense of enjoyment. Beech Nut Peppermint in the familiar yellow pack. Six o'clock, dinner time. Thank goodness for Jell-O Instant Pudding. Yes, thank goodness for Jell-O Instant Pudding. The terrific busy day dessert you can make at the very last minute. See how quick and easy. Just add it to cold milk and beat it up. That's all. By the time you're ready to eat it, it's all ready for you. Jell-O Instant Pudding, made by the famous Jell-O folks. So creamy, so nourishing, so delicious. No other instant pudding is quite the same. Stock your shelves with all seven flavors. The good, good, busy day dessert. Jell-O Instant Pudding. Hello there, Peabody here. Once again, it is time to take another revealing peek back into history. What famous date shall I set it to today, Mr. Peabody? October 19th, 1781. Got it. And the place? Yorktown, Virginia, where we shall witness that great moment of the American Revolution when... <laughs> We're Mr. in the Wayback Machine when Mr. Peabody Mr. Insured. Peabody. Hey, and look, they made a movie... Like a, a souped-up animated movie. Yep, it sure did. Uh, about Mr. Peabody here recently, and we watched that. And Mary Liddy actually really liked it. It was a good movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, since we're already talking way back, why don't we just start it right there? Wasn't the day that General Cornwallis was supposed to surrender? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah, they used to went into a lot of. You can learn a lot of history from that. <laughs> Well, you can. I, actually, if you pay attention to them, 
Yeah. Uh, that's the problem is when they put them on Saturday morning cartoons, you know, like it, during the breaks or whatever, I'm like, I'm eating sugar smacks and not paying attention, you know? <laughs> Um, that was the problem. Okay, uh, so let's go back to 1978 on American Bandstand when a man named Nick Glider, Nick Glider performed. Well, Nick Gilder is his name. Nick oh, Gilder. Gilder. Sorry, not Glider. Gilder. Nick Gilder. Gilder performed "Rock Me" on American Bandstand. It's not "Rock Me, Baby." It's just "Rock Me." You really rock me, actually. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> it's got that that seventies sound. I mean, it su- it started out sounding like a early eighties, like sure enough, rock and roll song, yeah. and then you know, then we were back in the seventies real quick. That guy's voice has a very Sounds like the guy from Journey a little bit. Yeah, he's got that rock and roll voice. <laughs> Let's see here. There were a few other notes while we listened to that, Bill. Um, how about this? On, on this day in 1951, so August 11th, 1951, the first Major League Baseball game to be televised in color was broadcast. It was the Brooklyn Dodgers beating the Boston Braves 8-1. to one. So you had color television broadcasts all the way back in 51. My thing is, though, Bill, now, I mean, we're going way back. There's no way either one of us would really know, but, I mean, there weren't a whole lot of people with color TV sets in 1951. No, there weren't. And I'm wondering, when did people start getting color TV sets in their home? Well, it would have been after 51, obviously, but... Uh, yeah. Probably early Seems 60s. Like I remember getting one in the 60s. Yeah, that's what I would think. Probably took about a decade for for it to get cheap enough where families could start to afford it. 1951. This is the song that everybody remembers from Nick Gilder. Nick Gilder. Not Glider, folks. Uh-uh. I don't know this one. Hot Child in the City. Oh, yeah. Now I know it. That's the same guy. He sounds a little different, doesn't he? Yeah, he does, actually. He does sound different. Hey, all right. Uh, There is... You'll find this interesting, Bill. There is a quote here at the bottom of this page. It's uh, famous television quotes. This is pretty good. It's a quote from Conan O'Brien. It says, I just want to say to the kids out there watching... You can do anything you want in life, unless Jay Leno wants to do it too. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was a little, yeah, a little bad taste in his mouth there. And the, yeah, he was a little bitter, <laughs> just slightly bitter. <laughs> That's great. And now Kona's giving it up. Yep, he's uh, just walking away from it. Ah, shoot, man, how you blame him? I don't, I don't you know. That's a long time. One more historical nugget on this day, 1994, August 11, 1994. You remember, Tony Gwynn, that was the 94 Major League season that we had a little hiccup at the end of it. Tony Gwynn raised his average to 394 
Remember now, this is August. This is late, late, late. He's chasing. He's trying to be the next guy to hit 400 after Ted Williams is the only guy to do it. He got his average up to 394 on August 11th. Went three for five in an eight to six win for the Padres over the Astros. And the very next day, a work stoppage prematurely ended the season, making the San Diego right fielder the closest to bat 400 since Ted Williams did it, batting 406 in 1941. I mean, he was that close to doing it. And was most people feel like was going to do it. Because what happens, you know, what happens with a guy like Tony Gwynn who's chasing something like that late in a year and, well, here's what I'm getting at. Pitchers are going to pitch to him. They're not going to intentionally walk the guy. They're not going to stay away from him. They're not going to bury balls in the dirt unless it gets away from them. They're going to pitch to him. They're going to try to get him out. They're going to throw their best stuff up there. You know, if it calls for a breaking ball, they're going to try to throw their best breaking ball so they can get them swing and miss, you know. But they're going to be in the strike zone. Well, with the way he was hitting the baseball that year and he's batting 394 with a few games left and pitchers start hitting the strike zone because they don't want to be the pitcher that with Tony Gwynn chasing 400 walked him, okay? And he knows it and they know it. Well, he's going to go to the plate and hit it. Everybody has always said, there's no question he was about to go hit 400. And the very next day, strike. I'll never forget it. I was, I, I was, it tore me up. You're probably more devastated than he was. Yeah, he didn't care. Because he knew he could do it. <laughs> you know, and, and Tony Gwynn was just not a guy who was into the whole Hey, I look how great I am. He just he just wasn't a me guy. You're right. He didn't care about that kind of stuff. Let's see what is what do we have here on the country pleasing text. Every week Tony said in the mid 1950s, my mom and her family had the only color television on their road. It looked like a front load washing washing machine today. It was very every bit as big. I watched Neil Armstrong Walk on the moon on it when I was a little boy. The screen was round. It was an RCA color television. How about that? Tony Joe texted us and said, Jesus does not get in our way. Rather, he is the way. Was that some of the lyrics in that song? Did I miss it? Maybe it was. I, I don't know what that's referencing, Tony Joe, unless it was mm-hmm. lyrics in that song. I don't, don't remember that one. I, I don't either. Uh, Dog Tired in Florence said, did you see the uh, Hulk Hogan show where he invited a few Orthodox Jews to his home before they accepted his invitation? A what? A what? Yeah, pronounce that, dude. A something came to his home and told he couldn't cook their food on the same grill as his. He was shocked, but funny and accommodating. A what? Matt, a I don't know how to pronounce that. <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce I'm not even going to try. I'm, not, I'm just not even going to try it. Okay, the real error. I don't even know how to spell it. I don't. Even, I mean, I have no idea what that word is. All right, the real Eric sent us a picture of two legends, and he posted this on August the first. It's Hulk Hogan and uh, uh, Ric Flair. Woo! 
there they are right there in all their aging glory, but still cool, right? I guess. <laughs> I guess. Uh, Miko texted. He said, I had the opportunity to see Mr. Gwynn play against the A's when I lived in the Bay Area years ago. Best pure hitter I've ever seen in my lifetime. Show my kids videos of his swing all the time. Yeah, there are videos uh, out there of him giving lessons and when he was a coach after his playing days were over. Uh, videos out there of kind of what he's teaching them, how you're, you know, you're bringing the knob of the bat to the baseball. You're not necessarily worried about the barrel, but the knob goes to the baseball and the barrel will follow and all this. And I, I watch some of those going, you know, is that good advice or not for, for kids who aren't as <laughs> naturally gifted as Tony Gwynn was? Because people forget he was a great athlete too, playing outfield in the major leagues. He could run around, but he was a starting, he was an all star point guard on the basketball team in college at San Diego State. He's just all around great athlete. Neat guy, neat story. Gone too soon, for sure. Uh, just a quick update, too. I, I um, mentioned this right off the bat. It's only a two-hour show today, uh, so we're about to bounce in a little bit. You'll have uh, Jake coming in here in the afternoon. But two-hour show today, back to a normal three-hour show tomorrow. I'm about to hit the road and try to go watch some football practice, Lord willing, and I can talk about that with you tomorrow. Appreciate you tuning in. For Bill, I'm Matt. For everybody here at the show, hope you have a great night. We'll see you on Thursday. See you. Another load of smart pills has been distributed, and I'm slap worn out. So I'll just say, so long, neighbors. Get me out of here, Percy.